0: You'll probably remember what I'm talking about here, but as we closed the show yesterday, I'm trying to get hints out of Parker, like, hey, all right, the new 24-7 sports rankings are coming out in an hour. Like, what am I going to see? Like, how am I going to feel? How are OU fans going to feel? And he said something like, you'll know where some allegiances lie. And I thought, huh, okay, that's a very interesting statement. And then an hour later, I said to myself, "Huh, I know exactly what Parker Thune <laughs> is talking about now. I know where some allegiances lie." Yeah, there was some good in there. Two top ten players is 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 good, but um, man, Peyton Bowen, interesting. Yeah, which well, like there's uh,
1: there's a lot that's good to take away from that rankings update, but there's plenty that's bad. And again. I think there's enough good, enough bad, that it all kind of comes out in the wash. But P.J. Adobare being at number nine is fantastic if you're a Sooner fan, and it's well-deserved for P.J. after the performance that he had, particularly in Orlando at the All-American game. Jackson Arnold at 10, I mean... Still it, too low, man. It, it feels too low. It definitely feels too low. And even if you take off the crimson-colored glasses, I think the gap between him and the top quarterbacks at the position in twenty four 7s rankings, which was, as I recall, Arch Manning at number one, Nico at number two, and Dante at number four. Like yeah. there's not that much of a gap. Four no. to ten. There's not that much of a gap between Jackson Arnold. I
0: don't know why guys. there's always felt like there's been a reluctance to put him like right in the middle of that mix. He is. I, I I don't know if he's the best out of that group. I think that you can obviously make a case to that. Gatorade thinks that he is, but I just There's been a couple of services, and twenty four seven is one of them. That's just like, yeah, like we know he's really good, but maybe he's not these. I I think he's right there in that mix, man. So I'm I'm with you. Like, it's hard to complain about one of your signees being the number ten overall player, but it still feels too low. And I think Drum uh, feels the same way as well after hearing him a couple of segments ago. Uh, Yeah, no doubt. And I think
1: that what what what's also weird and probably hadn't been talked about as much as it otherwise would have given the furor over Arnold at number 10 is Derek LeBlanc and Josiah Wagner dropped out of the top 24-7 entirely. Derek LeBlanc went from the number 64 player in the nation in what was that August's update to out of the top 250. And I understand he didn't play in the All-American game. I understand that the national analysts who have a lot of input in the rankings process didn't get the chance to evaluate him in person in that context but still man for a kid like that to take such a steep slide by virtue of really nothing more than the fact that he didn't participate in any of the showcases is odd to me and Josiah Wagner I thought that was a guy that was going to go up given what he did in San Antonio he was really impressive yeah and that what that's that's not just my opinion that was the
0: consensus from everybody there. Is Josiah Wagner looks like a dog. Yeah, that was puzzling as well. Text line, what was your overall feels on on the uh, rankings updates? 405-573-3048 uh, uh, send us a text on the Air Conference Solutions text line. What was the overall sentiment from OU fans? Like, we got it yesterday live on the show when it was released, and we got some, uh, well, you know. obviously didn't like the way that Peyton Bowen handled his recruitment. Tom Loy had something to say about this. (laughs) Are you buying into that conspiracy where Peyton Bowen was ranked? No, and here's what people have to
1: understand. This isn't isn't Peyton Bowen taking a drop. 24-7 didn't drop Peyton Bowen. Our rankings guys over there have just never been as high on him as others in the industry. I can't explain why that is. I don't know that I've ever gotten a straight answer as to why Peyton Bowen has only ever been as high as about the 50s for them, but that's about as high as he's ever climbed in 24-7's rankings. So, there are plenty across the industry that are very high on Peyton Bowen, having watched numerous games down at Geyer this past year. I am extremely high on Peyton Bowen, and I think you can make the argument that in several of those games this year, Jackson Arnold wasn't the best player on the field, as astonishing as that might sound, because Peyton Bowen was on that same field. But uh, he remains a consensus – well, not a consensus, but a composite five-star. He's a consensus five-star among the other three – Rank uh, recruiting services. 24-7 was the only one that kept yeah. him as a four-star. Uh, I will say this, Sammy Omasego is now destined to be Teddy Lehman's favorite player because he landed at number 69 in the composit-
0: Oh, very good. I was tired of talking him into uh, Taylor Heim yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, he didn't know a lot about him, so it's just kind of... He, he'll, he'll find out more about that when maybe he likes it, but I think he's a... Um, He's turning into a Phil Pachotti guy. Is who he's turning into. I, I don't know if he's going. If he's admitted that. I just. I can just tell by the tone in his voice. He is high on O'Misigo and Lewis Carter, especially after Brent said he thinks Lewis Carter is the best player in the state of Florida. But something about Phil uh, Pachotti. Teddy's like uh, okay, trending in that direction. By the way, I'm about 95% sure I gave out the wrong number to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh no. I said uh, I am pretty sure I gave out the number to Caven's. I was cutting a, oh, boy. <laughs> I was cutting out a, a Diamond Envy OU softball podcast earlier and like they sponsor it and I give the number 651-3439. Do not text Caven's Construction. Gary Caven's phone is blowing Gary up Gary right will now. be like, "Wow." The twenty-four sports rankings are trash. Like what, what? What's going on here? What's? I mean, Gary might agree with that. I, he's a very smart guy. But yeah, text the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, let's see. Trash is greater than rankings. Update says the five-eight-zero. Um, so one guy gets dropped from two-fifty for not competing, and another guy gets to be number one overall for not competing. Makes perfect sense. So that's that there's a couple of responses we have early on in the new on the new rankings updates.
1: Yes, and many not too happy. many have said you can't punish LeBlanc for not participating, but Arch sits at the top. That's been a very po- popular yeah. sentiment on the text line. Look, uh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Arch
0: and on is real. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. Absolutely it is. Like you, you, you can't convince me if he had any other last name in the world. Parker, like, in, in that last name could be Rivers. It could be, maybe if it was <laughs> Favre. Maybe if his last name was Favre, I still don't think that he would be the number one overall player no. in this class. But because it's Manning and the Manning family, I think that plays a massive part in it. Well, and I go back to the comments that were made by
1: Adam Gorney, Rivals National Recruiting Director. Last week, when he had to justify keeping Arch at number one, where he basically said, yeah, Arch didn't do this or this or this, didn't play seven on seven, (laughs) didn't do any of the All-American games, uh, plays small school ball in Louisiana, but he's got the pedigree and the
0: upside, so he stays at number one. Uh, 918 makes you think there are some full envelopes that influence some of these rankings since these rankings affect NIL and college recruiting success. Maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist. Gunny says any real fan should have the ref lines already saved. I agree with that. He also says the new rankings are BS in his honest opinion. Um, Look, there's, there's obviously a few players that we feel are undervalued in these rankings. But who who was the player in this new set of rankings in, o, in OU signing you thought was undervalued the most? That's tough.
1: Well, in terms of sheer margin, I would say I am much higher on Josiah Wagner than whatever recruiting services, including 24-7, keep him out of the top 250. I think he's, like, number 313 in the composite right now. Yeah, yeah that that guy's going to be a player at the University of Oklahoma. He is fearless. He's a hitter. He's versatile. I really like Josiah Wagner, and I disagree with the decision to drop him in the final rankings update. I, the same could be said for Derek LeBlanc, but – I've seen more of Josiah Wagner at this point than I have of Derek LeBlanc, both on film and in person. And so I'm probably a little bit partial to Josiah just because – uh, he's a really good kid. He's a really good football player. He's a hard worker. I believe he's going to be one of those guys that ultimately outperforms his ranking.
0: At least they got PJ's ranking right. Yeah, th- yeah, they did. They got, got P- cannot- They got PJ Atabarre's ranking, the number nine overall player. And I'm looking back at the uh, history tool on 24/7. Which, by the way, the upset of the day yesterday is Teddy during a break. Like, I, I feel like I know. How to use 24-7 and and see all the cool tools and features they have. Uh I didn't know that you could go back and see what they were ranked on certain dates. Teddy, of all people, came in yesterday during a break. He's like, no, you click right here. Okay. You click right here. Scroll (laughs) down right here. I'm like, how does this guy know? Uh, Teddy IT Layman. Yeah. uh, PJ is ranked number 9 today. Eleven months ago, he was the number four hundred and one overall player according to twenty four seven. And thirteen months ago, he was yet to be ranked. Yeah. So, uh, you know the stock up emoji that everyone uses on social media to uh, for uh, for OU recruiting. Uh, just use an entire tweet on that for PJ Atabare. What's happened to him over the last twelve months? It's it's been pretty incredible. Somebody on
1: the text line said, our guys are signees now, not recruits. It's fun to argue over rankings, but they don't matter once they're on
0: campus. Hmm. All right. That's pretty true. Sooner Soldier, Arch didn't play in any of those games because a comparison could be done and we would have been exposed as to what level he really plays on. Do you you think that's it? Do you think Skird is the reason why uh, Arch didn't compete? Or are there other factors to that?
1: I mean, if you're the Mannings and your kid is already number one overall, why do any camps? Why do any seven-on-seven? Seven? If you if you know that you can stay at number one overall sh- purely by virtue of pedigree and you don't have to spend the money and worry about the travel to go compete all over the country, then why would you? I mean... Once Arch Manning was number one in the very first rankings that ever came out from every single recruiting service in the 2023 class, there really wasn't a reason to participate in any of those things until or unless he started to drop. And here we are
0: two and a half years later, and it hasn't happened. Joe from Chandler, I don't care about the rankings. We know what we got in this recruiting cycle, and they will prove it on the field in a couple of years. Joe, that is actually very true. Like, regardless of where they're ranked, um, regardless if OU's four or five or six or whatever happens next week, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's a lot more fun to say that this was a top five class, but I think everyone understands what's what's in this class. And didn't Wilt Fong say yesterday during that rankings unveiling that Alabama and Oklahoma are his two favorite classes? Yes, and he also huh. he also
1: said Jackson Arnold was his number one player. In the country. Really? When, whenever, wow. he, whenever he would refer to uh, the folks that put together the rankings, he would refer to them as they and not we. <laughs> so it, it was pretty clear that uh, uh, he did
0: not have as much input as maybe he would have liked. Uh, hey, Gary, the 24 7 sports rankings are trash. Can you clean them up at Cavens Construction? Nice job. God. When you guys work sponsors in like that on the text line, it's just hashtag art is what it is. It's art. is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A lot to get to. We'll have your daily Jeff Levy update coming up next. Are we still doing that? I guess we have to. Okay. As long as we get text about it, which is every day, I guess we still have to. I don't know. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Army tuning in on this Friday, Florence, Alabama is checked in, Peabody, Kansas is listening, Waxhaw, North Carolina, Kalispell, Montana. Kalispell, Montana, that's, that's beautiful. Re- beautiful place, it's, I've been there. It's close to the border of uh, Canada, right? It's pretty close. It looked like it was on the map anyway. Really? Huh. It's, it's like it's Northwest close, Montana is what it looked like to me. Yeah, it's up know. there.
1: It's up there, but it's gorgeous.
0: Amarillo, Texas. Sioux City, Iowa, baby, is checked Oof. in today in our small town of the day in Oklahoma, Wagner, where Britt Venables and Miguel Chavis, I think they were there yesterday at Wagner to High see, School. To uh, see Alex Shieldnight? I think so, yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, so thank you to Wagner for uh, tuning in today. Um... Gosh, your daily Jeff Lebby update. All right. So are are we going to have to talk about Miami now? Because Miami's got an OC vacancy, and I I, I kid about that, obviously, because we've heard about Lebby and TCU to Georgia to Bama to even the Baltimore Ravens. Is Miami next in line where we have to bat away those rumors? Surely not. Yeah, Because just like Alabama, I don't think that there'll be anything to the Miami rumors. I— there's there's just nothing there
1: because here's the thing here's the thing you you, I I hadn't even considered that angle until now Tyler I was very much of the mind that once Alabama names their offensive coordinator, whoever that may be, we'd be rid of this conversation forever.
0: Yeah. But now do we have to wait on Miami to do the same thing too? I, I, like just last week, it was, well, the Ravens could be... I'm like, really, the Ravens? Are, every offensive coordinator opening, is that what Jeff Levy is this cycle? You, you just throw him into every single coordinator opening that's available in yeah, all of John football? John Harbaugh seems like a guy that loves the Jeff Levy style yeah. of offense, doesn't he? Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's same thing with Saban, right? I mean, it's a little bit more with John Harbaugh, but that just that doesn't seem like a fit. So your daily Jeff Lebby update, there's still nothing there, guys. Like, has Alabama contacted Jeff Lebby? Yeah, I absolutely think that that's happened. Is Jeff Lebby going to be o- OU's offensive coordinator next year? Yes. Same thing every single day now for about two weeks now. O- o- Jeff Lebby will be OU's OC. Is that good enough for the daily Jeff Lebby update, or do we need to spend <laughs> – 30 minutes on this. Somebody on the text line says, Parker is done with this conversation. I'm done with this conversation too, but it's still have to bring it up every single day, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe we don't anymore. Maybe we finally hammered home the point.
1: I'm sure you were all tired of talking about the Jeff Levy rumors. This comes from the 405. Yes. Just remember, we are all still emotionally scarred from mule.
0: Shoot. I understand, Kyle, but thank you for the text. <laughs> it, there, there is a lot of truth to that. Brian in Tulsa says, Jeff Levy is the new Peyton Bowen. Well, let's hope it's not a Peyton Bowen situation here. Like I, I get what you're saying, Brian. That's a good text, but let's let's hope that we don't have to deal with that drama all over again. That that wouldn't be a whole lot of fun. Uh, junior day this weekend. Michael Hawkins is on the visitor list, and I think that's good. I think that's very timely. He is going to get a one-on-one, I'm sure, with Jeff Lebby. So. I mean, I I think that that can only work out. Like, If we think Lebby's going to stay, I think that that can only be a positive for OU. Would you put in a crystal ball that says Michael Hawkins uh, and Michael Hawkins Jr. and Jeff Lebby, they're all going to leave on the same page after this weekend, and a commit is very much back on the, on the table for next week? Well, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. That's the and, goal.
1: Yeah, it, there's no doubt that when the Hawkins family makes the track up— there's naturally going to be a face-to-face conversation with Jeff Levy, and there are going to be some hard questions asked, and there are going to be some real questions asked. And Jeff Levy is going to have to be forthcoming. And, I look, I mentioned it in the 12 o'clock hour with Steely. I was under the impression, and the Hawkins camp was under the impression, uh, that the commitment was still going to happen on January 31st. That's no longer a sure thing. And it may end up getting postponed after all. But I think a lot of it's going to be highly contingent on how this weekend goes and what the word is from Jeff Levy and how comfortable Michael feels about Lebby's future at the University of Oklahoma and how he fits in. So I still think it's a possibility that you see Hawkins commit on the 31st. I would no longer hold out in expectation of that being the decision date. But I think if everything goes swimmingly and some of the worries are alleviated uh, this weekend when Hawkins comes up to Oklahoma, I think we still could be on track for a commitment very soon here.
0: Who's the highest-rated prospect in this weekend? Is it Micah Hudson? Is he a five-star wide receiver? Micah Hudson is not coming. Oh, he's not coming. Okay. When did that one get scratched today? Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank, thank the Ags for that one. Oh, is he going to A and M or A and M just said uh, don't don't go up there for that junior day?
1: Yeah, no, he's uh, he's going to A and M. Well, that's think. that
0: kind of says a lot, you know. Yeah,
1: I I hate five stars, man. <laughs> I hate five. Put stars. that. Remember I'm, that. That I'm, that's
0: a quote. I hate five stars, Parker Thune. You heard it here first. Yes, at make it a quote. He wants three star you around here.
1: That's what he wants. I just five five stars are so mind-numbingly difficult to cover, and fortunately, well, especially now cycle, more than ever. Last cycle, I got spoiled because Jackson and PJ were two of the easiest five stars to cover, maybe the two easiest five stars to cover across the country. But in general, it's just an entirely different animal when you're talking about covering the recruitments of five-star prospects. I am swearing off that. I'll make an exception for Williams Nwani because oh. that's my guy. What about David Stone? Too but big of a headache. You don't want David Stone. I guess I'm gonna kind of have to cover that one. Yeah. too. but I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all the responsibility and all the onus for covering the other five stars upon Brandon Drum. So be like
0: Brandon, you get this one. A and M uh, said, "Come on, Micah. No, 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 don't don't go to Norman. Come down to College Station. Here, let's just come on down here. Is Tom Lloyd trying to do the same with Peyton Pierce this weekend? Is he trying to get him to South Bend just like A and M got Micah Hudson? <laughs> Uh, no, Peyton Pierce will be in town at Oklahoma. And I still
1: think Oklahoma leads there. I still think that's Peyton Pierce is going to be a Sooner in the He's End. He's a dude. And that is a dude. We were talking about him last hour. It's It's very rare these days that you find a legitimate thumper of an inside linebacker that has great speed. And that's what Peyton Pierce has. His sideline-to-sideline side ability is unlike that of many... True inside linebackers that you will find at the prep level these days. So that is a special talent. That's a guy that, for my money, is a top 100 prospect in the nation in the 2024 class, and that's going to be a fun little toy for Brent Venables to add uh, to the arsenal. He uh,
0: he seems like a BV kind of guy. Uh, he is a BV kind of guy. Uh, he feels He's like always wanted to play in. for BV. He, he'll, he'll, he seems like he'll fit in quite nicely. uh Very very nicely, in fact. From the 405, I. Will be our next offensive coordinator. Scored 76 on Kansas State yesterday on Dynasty Mode for NCAA 13. Yeah. Also, get I, him in for an interview. Ronnie Crimson pointed out on the text line that Uh-oh. I don't need to cover David Stone because he's already got it. Taken oh, care that's up. true. Yeah. And, and Gerald McCoy. Ronnie Crimson and Gerald McCoy. Two closers right there, man. You don't even need anyone else. I'm going to have to come up with an edit of. Ronnie Crimson's face and Gerald McCoy's face photoshopped onto Brandon's body and my body. That'd be amazing. Uh that would be an amazing edit. If they want the Aggie bag, let them take it, says the texture of the four oh five. If that's who they are, they're not going to be a good fit in the B V culture of character anyway. Yeah, like I, I hear that, but everyone would have taken um David Hicks, right? Yes. I, I know I would have I would have taken David Hicks. Maybe we're just the only two, but Definitely would have taken David Hicks. There, there are exceptions to that, and David Hicks would have been the exception because he's really good. I think Micah
1: Hudson would be another exception because have have you watched that film? Micah Hudson is very special.
0: Yeah, well, maybe with your new wide receivers coach, Emmett Jones, um, maybe that's just one. I, and I'm not saying give up on that one. I don't think you are either. But I, Emmett Jones, he he's known for his recruiting prowess, so maybe he's able to. I'm able to make that one happen. Yeah, we'll by by way the way, OK Preps offer alert:
1: Uh-oh. Xavier Robertson or er, Robinson, excuse me, Xavier Robinson out of Carl Albert just got his offer. Big, big-bodied running back, six foot two, two hundred twenty-eight
0: pounds, class of twenty twenty-four. Wow. Yeah. Carl Albert offer. I'd uh-huh. Like to hear that. Speaking of OK Preps, I was looking at uh, where the OK Preps rankings were for twenty-four-seven for the twenty twenty-three class. Uh huh. This has to be, and and we've talked about this before, but really looking at it now, this has to be one of the the deepest classes the state of Oklahoma has had in a while. Like the Power 5 signees that they had, if Taylor Heim commits on Saturday or signs next week, that would mean the top 13 players in the state, according to 24-7, signed with Power 5 programs. And I'm counting Jalen Stanford out of Jinx, because he's going to Houston and Houston's, yeah, you know, going to be a power five, five sure. team. Um and, and then if you want to stretch that out even further, you'll have 17 of the top eighteen in the state that'll be at power five programs next year. That's deep in the state, man. That that's that's impressive. That's a heck of a year for the state of Oklahoma. And twenty twenty
1: four and twenty 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 four will be a bit of a uh, how do I phrase it? There's less depth in 2024 in the state of Oklahoma than there typically is. 2025 is loaded, and your first clue to that end should be the number of offers that have already gone out to in-state kids in the class of 2025. Jaden Nickens, Alex Shieldnight, C.J. Nixon, uh, who else? Elijah Thomas yesterday out of Chicota, Oklahoma. Nate Roberts from Washington.
0: The list goes on, and that list is only going to get bigger. So people can't complain about in-state recruiting, at least. Um, they, they better get it in before 2025 is what you're saying, right? You only have about another calendar year to do that. So gee, get those texts in, please. Uh, 5808 says, if we had gotten David Hicks, he'd be a four-star now. So there's that. David Hicks ranked lower than P.J. atabare.
1: Yeah. Who listen, saw that one coming?
0: Listen. I was the president of the P.J.
1: Atabare fan club before the P.J. Atabare fan club was even a thing. But even I would not have anticipated that that guy would outrank David Hicks by the end of the 23 cycle.
0: 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Ugh. I guess there's Bronco Mindenhall rumors out there. No, there aren't. There is on the text line. Oh, boy. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the Homosooner Sooner fans. Fun, er, uh, fun interview coming up in one hour on The Rush. So here's the backstory, Parker. Earlier this week, before the uh, snowstorm hit, I said, hey, we need like a, an official Ref Army weather correspondent <laughs> taking some ideas via the text line. And everyone said, how about Weatherman Jay? How about Jaden Knowles himself? Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we've been DMing a little bit, and Jaden Knowles is going to come on at 3.30 today to talk about the next round of winter weather that could be coming in early next week. We'll check in on what he's doing, and I got a couple of questions about the future of the OU football program with Jaden. So that's coming up in one hour. That's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to talk to weatherman Jay about what he's got going on these days which I think he just announced, what, this month that he's, uh, he's done with football? Yeah, he's done, done with football, football doing you. the weather
1: thing full-time, which meteorologists make good money.
0: So don't fault the guy for going his own way in that regard. Here's a, uh, here's a good question on the text line. Legitimate question. For us average Joes that are not close to the NIL dis- uh, disbursements, where does the University of Oklahoma rank nationally with the big boys? Thanks, average Joe. Uh, where do they rank nationally with the big boys in terms of like money that they spend in NIL? Well, I think the big boys in NIL are Miami, Texas, Texas A&M, Oregon, and I'll even throw in Tennessee. I don't think that they're in that top five or necessarily close to the top five. I don't know, Parker. They're somewhere inside the top 25, don't you think? Like, OU is a player, and they definitely do some things. They're just not as heavy as a, the, those five yeah, schools well, I just and mentioned. Here's, here's the distinction you
1: got to make. Are you talking about money available to spend or money willing to spend? Because I would say that in terms of money available to spend, Oklahoma's probably top 10 or 15 nationally. They're just not as willing to fork over large sums of money for NIL as the likes of Texas A&M and Miami and what have you. So I think that has to do with the type of culture Brent Venables is trying to build because all the evidence you need that points to the fact that players that are bought via NIL generally aren't pillars of outstanding culture within a locker room all you got to do is take a look at what's gone down at Texas A&M over the last year and a half
0: yeah I don't think um I don't think that there's recruits reaching out to OU like with an NIL pitch in hopes that they're going to get a massive NIL deal like I think that there are some schools out there where that is the case um I don't know, Parker, I, th- I, I feel like it's understood in recruiting that OU's not a team that you just call and say, hey, what can I get from you guys? That's probably going to be a very short conversation if that's the way that you want to approach trying to be recruited at OU. In fact, I know that that's going to be a very short conversation. If that's one of the things that you emphasize in your recruitment, Britt Venables will say see ya. Yeah, hey, speaking of culture,
1: we got it on the text line and I was about to hit on it anyway. Listener in the 405 said Oprah must be in Midwest city today because everyone at Carl Albert is getting an offer. Brent Venables offered three.
0: You get Carl an offer. You
1: get an offer. You get an offer. Did not just offer Xavier Robinson, the highly regarded 2024 running back. And we talked about last segment, but he also offered a pair of 2025 prospects, Tristan Haynes and Trine Washington, Trinne Washington, six foot three, 200 pounds, Tristan Haynes, six foot two, uh, no listed weight, but wide receiver cornerback type.
0: Well, so. you you said Brent Venables offered him. Uh, Brent Venables is that what you like? He was there personally, in person, huh. yes, to make those offers. Well, um, there's a trend going on here, is there not? I mean, he personally offered Taylor Heim, correct? So it's it's almost as if Brent is. He's not single-handedly taking on OU recruiting, but hes it, it's like these offers that they want to throw out in state. It kind of feels like he's the one that's extending these offers. Which goes well, to show you. He, I mean, he cares about that. He's serious about this thing. He's serious about building his roster with a very strong OK Preps presence. That's real. He's out there offering them in uh, himself? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's
1: absolutely the and case. And I believe... Tristan Haynes and Trené Washington are both. No, they both had offers from Oklahoma State, and that was it. Those were their only offers to date. So being early to the table is going to pay dividends there for Oklahoma because if those guys really blow up nationally, then guess what? It doesn't really matter because you're right down the road and you were building those relationships early in the process and those kids are going to be a shoe-in for your recruiting class.
0: Kyle from Chickasha, first of all, I love the ref. It is the only radio station I listen to throughout the day. Sorry if you've already touched on this. I haven't been able to listen much today. Is there any word, rumors, or speculation on the Big 12 schedule next year? No. No, Andy Staples had a QA and a on The Athletic yesterday, and he was speculating that OU and Texas are the reason why the schedule's held up. Like, he thinks that... Or he's speculating that OU and Texas saw the initial schedule that was going to be released, and they said, "Yeah, no, we're, we're not, we're not voting on that one. Let's 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 work on this one and, and try again." And I think that there could be some truth to that. But no, Kyle, I mean, there's. We heard late January. We're in late January, and it'll probably come out in February now. Yeah. Who knows? Still still in a holding pattern. By the way, we got a listener on the text line asking, I
1: am once again asking when my boy Jaden Nickens will get an offer. What the hell, fellas, is up with Carl Albert? But no love for Nickens. Well, check Twitter, my friend, because Jaden
0: Nickens got his offer mm. earlier this afternoon. OU is billions in the hole. They don't have top-10 NIL money. What a complete fabrication. Uh, I don't know where that's coming from.
1: <laughs> uh, fortunately, another listener in the 918 uh, straighten things out. Look at each university's athletic department alumni donation totals each year, and that tells you the NIL capabilities. OU has a half a billion in upgrades in the works. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? OU may be "quote unquote" billions in the hole as a university, but keep in mind
0: NIL doesn't come from the university. all right that's an important distinction to make. Taylor Heim will be in this weekend. Twenty four seven has him as a three star. Uh, Shawnee kid just just talked about him. He's OU's Bethany. most recent. excuse me, yes, Shawnee. Bethany, not even the same side of the metro. My bad. Um, Drum put in a crystal ball for him, and it feels like OU's. If it's not a commit this weekend. It feels like middle of next week we'll see a uh, signing on signing day where OU adds another to the 23 yeah, class. Yeah,
1: it's going to be tough for Taylor Heim not to be a Sooner when this is all said and
0: done. I mean, if you're taking a, an official visit this close to signing day – and it's the only Power 5 offer you have, and you're an in-state kid, like, (laughs) it would be a pretty big upset if OU doesn't get this kid in the end. A really Uh, big upset. Listener in
1: the 405 says, OU has never won a national championship when we had more out-of-state stars
0: on both sides of the ball than in-state. Strange but true. Uh, I'll believe you. I'd like to go back and uh, fact-check that, but um, that that might check out. That that might be true. By the way, um, Taylor Heim... Is he ever going to get a uh, 24-7 composite ranking to uh, add to the class so. calculator? Because he does it right so. now. He does, still does not have one. Rivals on three, ESPN. Come on. Come on. Get it together. Uh, Parker, I've asked a couple times. Nobody's ever answered it. Is OU looking at that Washington kid, Cooper Alexander, you know his dad played at OU? Yeah, okay. Here's,
1: here's what I will say about that situation. I can see Cooper Alexander being an offer guy, but I think, I think it's contingent upon what happens with a few of Oklahoma's previous offers in 2024 at the tight end position, most notably Jaden
0: Reddle out of Peculiar, Missouri, who will be in town this weekend for Junior yeah. Day. This is not a kid that you're going to be able to get on a preferred walk on. This is no, not a kid no, from no. Washington that, well, his dad was a Sooner. You know, he loves OU. Maybe we'll just get him on a uh, on a preferred walk on. No, I he he already has Power Five offers. He will continue to get Power Five offers. I think OU could get Cooper Alexander, but they're going to have to offer him to get him. Like that, exactly. that's that's the only way. Yeah,
1: you're not you're not getting the kid on a PWO, and I I. I would think an offer will come.
0: I hope so. I really do hope so, man. I hope an offer comes his way. Chapstick says, BV appears to be focusing more attention on Oklahoma than any coach I remember in 47 years of life. Did he get this philosophy from Clemson or some other program, or was this all his idea? Second question, what does OU offer Dax Knowles from Norman High? Did he get this philosophy from Clemson? No, probably not. I, I I don't know where he got that philosophy from, but let's think of the great defensive players he had in states while he was at OU. Uh, Dan Cody, right, was a great find. Teddy Lehman was a great in-state find, not ranked all that high. Gerald McCoy was ranked high. He was in-state. Rocky Kalmus in-state. I, I can sit here for the next five minutes and name in-state guys. Uh, Corey Heineke, I guess, was one. I mean, you guys all know the names. I, I, I think he saw from his time in Oklahoma that Oklahoma is not considered a power state in terms of talent year in and year out. But Brett Venables has seen over the years that this state produces good football players, and he's going to try to do as good of a job in the state as he can. So I, I, that's where he probably learned it, if not in his days at Kansas. But I, I don't think it was just the realization while he was at Clemson that I need to recruit really hard in my own backyard. Like, no, I, I think he's seen in Oklahoma what this state can't offer. It's not going to offer multiple five-stars. If you're lucky, you have one five-star a cycle. But there's still some good players scattered out year in and year out. 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Hey, who's going to the OU Alabama basketball game tomorrow? Join me at the Mont in Norman from 11 a.m. until 12.30 for the Ref Army pregame show. I'm not going to give you the address to the Mont because everyone knows where the Mont is at. Everyone knows where the Mont is at. 11 a.m. to 12.30, and uh, if you can't come out to the game, join me at the Mont. If you're out of the area, listen to the pregame show. I think Jeff Goodman, national college basketball analyst, is going to join us tomorrow, and maybe the very first segment. So there's a little bit more incentive to tune in. I think Jeff Goodman told me earlier he's uh, there's a chance he joins the first segment. So that that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Um, to mix in recruiting and politics, everyone's favorite thing, Parker, Marco Rubio's son, um, Anthony Rubio. Just accepted a Pwo offer at Florida <laughs> He is not currently ranked by 24/ 7 sports but Marco Rubio is a Florida grad so now his son's going to play football what, there. what position does he play He is a running back does not list his measurables but Marco is not a big guy so no he's he's not We'll see That's, if Anthony Rubio is the next uh, Emmett Smith down there at Florida or something I don't know <laughs> not counting on it not counting on that one either what's the over under? On commits at junior day, 0.5, one and a half. say one and a half. Ooh, okay. So you think there's a decent chance at least one commit happens at junior day this yeah. weekend?
1: Yeah, I, I would probably take the under in terms of actual commitments, but I think this junior day is going to be good for Oklahoma to build some solid momentum with guys that they reasonably will have the chance to close on, I would say, within 60 to 90 days
0: yeah well, if you can get that um along with Michael Hawkins Jr. next week, you'll have a nice little start to this recruiting class. Like, things didn't really come together last year until the summer, and maybe that's still the case here, but um I don't maybe you get off to a little bit of a faster start this though I'll say this this just doesn't seem like a staff that's really pushy for commitments this early on, you know like. Go take your visits. We know their visit policy. They'll take a commitment if you want to give it this weekend, but I I feel like there's other programs that are a lot pushier for early commits than maybe what OU is.
1: Yeah, and I think that can have – how do I – well, how do I put this? I think there can be a little bit of an inverse effect there where kids realize that Oklahoma is so confident in what their pitch is that they're telling them, hey, you know what? Take all the visits you want. Come back around. You won't find any place better than Oklahoma, and we'll be ready to take your commitment when you are ready. I think there are some kids that are going to take BV and the staff at their word when they say that and say, you know what? Yeah, why would I keep taking visits when this place is special and I understand it's special and I want to be here? I might as well just commit. So, I don't think that philosophy is going to mean Oklahoma isn't going to get a commit until April or May. I think there's a chance that some kids will look at the way that B.V. and the staff play their hand and decide, you know what, yeah. no, I do want to commit early. Let's do this.
0: Uh, I said I'd bring it up. I- I'm not hearing anything on this front. I'm just seeing text on the text line. And I had someone text me about it today. Um, I guess there's a bronco Hall rumor out there for the defensive yeah. coordinator job. Not the Nine. first time we've heard of that. I'm hearing nothing on that front. Yeah, Zero. No, I-, I don't think that's legitimate. At least not right now. Maybe down the road someday, but I, I, I feel it's, like Ted Roof's got it. I mean, it, it feels like he's going to be your defensive coordinator next year.
1: Well, and it also feels like if this staff were to make an addition from an from the outside, they'd look to somebody that has a previous connection to somebody on the staff. And the best connection that you can... Draw between Bronco Mendenhall and Oklahoma is well. He played against Brent Venables in the ACC when he was the head coach at Virginia, and Venables was the DC at Clemson. But I don't believe he's ever worked, at least not substantially, with anybody on this Oklahoma no. staff.
0: I don't even remember where Bronco was at before his BYU. BYU. Well, before his BYU days, it I don't was... even remember where he was at. <laughs> Gosh, where was it? I mean, obviously he beat OU as a head coach at BYU, and he had a good amount of success out there. I just, I don't even, like, BYU is, I I don't even recognize the Virginia stints for Bronco Mendenhall. I I only identify Bronco Mendenhall as, he's he's only ever coached at BYU. That's the only place that he's ever been. He was at New Mexico before that, where he coached Brian Urlacher. Ah, nice. Who we were just talking about So, if you get him here... He'll put Kanick at wide receiver and kick and punt returner like he did Brian Urlacher. And he'll be a first-round draft pick. Makes sense. Nick Jackson, UVA linebacker. That'll be our final text of the week on the text line. Visiting Iowa, I know there's some, there's some confidence
1: there on the OUN, but they are apprehensive because there are going to be some additional visits taken, and there is no definitive timeline because he is a grad transfer. So this is a process that – could last another 3 days it could last another 3 months who's to say
0: um some quick news before we get out of here Miami fired their offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis and the sooner former sooner ended up on the other side of the transfer portal Jackson Sumlin to Florida Atlantic University where he will play for Tom Herman Kevin Sumlin's son playing for Tom Herman who had that one on their transfer portal bingo bingo card when this all started I didn't, that's for sure. Best of luck to Jackson, though. Have a great career out there. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next.